0: This episode is sponsored by Calm and by Feels. Uh, just when you start thinking tech news has gotten stale and it's just the same boring BS every damn week, the science community blesses us with the news that plants are apparently sending emails now. Oh. Sorry, vegans. Never heard of a cow sending an email. Looks like the real killer of sentient life was you all along. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just what could these plants even possibly be writing in these emails? Yeah. More water, please. Mm-hmm. Fruits ready. Yeah. I, I don't understand it. How do they type? How, who are they emailing? Why does this sound like clickbait nonsense? Well, it sounds like clickbait nonsense because it, it kind of is, though it's
1: still pretty impressive news. Uh, no, plants are not going on Gmail and typing out messages with their roots and their leaves like Little Shop of Horrors. Seymour!
0: Feed me, <laughs> Seymour, please!
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what scientists at MIT have done is engineer spinach plants to have carbon nanotubes in their leaves that emit a fluorescent signal that can be picked up by infrared cameras, which then automatically send an email to researchers, letting them know that there might be landmines nearby. Oh, I, they they allow plants to become
0: sentient. And the first thing they do is send them to war, just right. like the animals. Yeah, they have no choice, no choice at all. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, scientists have taught spinach to send emails. is definitely more eye-catching mm-hmm. than the title of the primary source for this. Nitro-aromatic detection and infrared communication from wild-type plants using plant nanobionics. Yawn. Hot spinach in your area. <laughs> and again, the spinach is not sending the emails. Though it's funny to picture it doing that. Uh, Popeye, please! <laughs> stop eating my family! Uh, but the spinach does now have a way of conveying information to humans that it didn't have before. Uh, Lead researcher Michael Strano told Euronews, Plants are very good analytical chemists. They have an extensive root network in the soil, are constantly sampling groundwater, and have a way to self-power the transport of that water up into the leaves. This is a novel demonstration of how we have overcome the plant-human communication barrier. The final frontier. Plants do love that album. Plantasia or whatever it is. Yeah. They love it.
1: It is a great album. It's a great album for humans and plants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen to it with your plant. Yeah. Create a bond, and then get really sad when your plant dies, because I've given up. I've tried it many times. Oh, I was supposed to water you? I, and then I overwater. Yeah. I'm all thumbs, and not green thumbs. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like while this demonstration with the spinach was specifically about detecting explosives, the same technology could be used to detect pollution and predict droughts. From Euronews... In the early phases of plant nanobionic research, Strano used nanoparticles to make plants into sensors for pollutants. By altering how the plants photosynthesized, he was able to have them detect nitric oxide, a pollutant caused by combustion. Quote, Plants are very environmentally responsive, Strano says. Fucking duh. They're they're plants. Oh, am I in a polluted area? Oh, are the plants dead? That's a pretty good signifier. Uh, his quotes continue. They know that there is going to be a drought long before we do. They can detect small changes in the properties of soil and water potential. Uh, if we tap into those chemical signaling pathways, there is a wealth of information to access. Yeah. Unless you get one of those climate denying plants.
0: Yeah. No, there's no drought yeah. coming. That's just liberal nonsense. Uh, I see some clouds and some snow. Uh, so much for global warming. Mm-hmm. Send. You can definitely eat me. I'm not poisonous. Yeah. And all the plants, they start spreading misinformation on PlantBook, which yeah. is Facebook for plants. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they they you know it starts off innocent enough. They're they're they start these plant Facebook groups that are against like using Roundup and other insecticides. Or oh, they're just
1: posting harmless plant memes. Yeah,
0: but then the things get <laughs> the way out of control. Extremists come in and they just yeah. ruin everything. Yeah. Anyway, so that's cool. Spinaches are sending emails. Yeah, wow. and it's by the way, it's very
1: good for you. It's it tastes great. Uh, it's another thing that was ruined by my parents when I was young because I don't think I ate fresh spinach when I was young. It probably came out of a can or a frozen
0: block. And uh, I very much enjoy spinach nowadays. I mean, even the frozen spinach, you just put that in some oil, let it reduce. You can eat a whole plant in like two spoonfuls. Yeah. And it's good. That Popeye, he was on something. A little garlic, a little salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. You got yourself a spinach meal. It's very good. Just cook for yourself and you'll see. Yeah. Anyways, in other news, uh, Jeff Bezos... Founder and CEO of Amazon, richest person on Earth, and murderer of Barnes & Noble, Sears, and Toys R Us. At least. Is stepping down from his role at Amazon. Uh, Some other dude named Andy Jassy, (laughs) who has been running Amazon's cloud computing division, will be Amazon's new CEO.
1: You can't even be mean to the guy on our show because his name is so fun-sounding. Andy Jassy. He sounds like he works at a circus. It's Saturday Night Live. With Andy
0: Jassy. Jassy.
1: See, like, Jeff Bezos was a man you could hate. Yeah.
0: I got to see a picture of this Andy Jassy. Does he look like an asshole? Just looks like a normal, God. normal, frumpy old dude. You absolutely hate to see it. Yeah. Anyway, other than that, though, it doesn't seem like a whole lot is going to change. Uh, Bezos will still be Amazon's executive chairman. And in an email to staff, he said, I am spinach. <laughs> in the exec chair role, I intend to focus my energies and attention on new products and early initiatives. So he's sticking around. <laughs> Bezos
1: also wrote, as exec chair, I will stay engaged in important Amazon initiatives, but also have the time and energy I need to focus on the Day One Fund, the Bezos Earth Fund, Blue Origin, the Washington Post, and my other passions. I've never had more energy, and this isn't about retiring. I'm super passionate about the impact I think these organizations can have. So basically, it sounds like he's going to do a similar career transition that Bill Gates-type thing. Uh, you know, he did that like 20 years ago. Yeah. Now everybody loves Bill Gates. But guess what? In the 90s, he was an asshole. A real piece of shit. Although, can Jeff Bezos jump over a chair?
0: <laughs> I heard that you can jump over a chair. Is that true? Do you want to see?
1: <laughs> uh, so we don't know if Jeff Bezos can jump over a chair, but he, probably. Is, he is the chairman still He's, at Amazon.
0: <laughs> he could probably lift like a dozen chairs.
1: So, yeah, he's doing the Bill Gates thing. He's focusing more on charity and giving away some of his absolutely absurd fortune uh, in, I would assume, hopes that, uh, you know, public outlook will turn around on him.
0: Yeah, Uh, exactly.
1: I mean, it does sound great at first, uh, but you simply do not get anywhere near as rich as Jeff Bezos was or is still without first
0: exploiting the labor of millions of people and
1: having a generally net
0: negative effect on the world. Yeah. So, like. And Bezos' day one fund, it sounds great on paper. It gives money to nonprofits that provide shelter and resources to homeless people. Cool. Good. Yeah. But also, Bezos and Amazon were responsible for killing a bill in Amazon's hometown of Seattle that would have taxed local businesses to fund affordable housing projects to prevent homelessness. Mm -hmm. So, uh, some mixed messages here. Um, Very libertarian of them. Like, no, don't. The government shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing this. Yes. Don't tax me. I'll just donate. Yeah. I swear I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, And the Bezos Earth Fund, they're all about pushing for a transition to 100% renewable energy, which again, good, important stuff. But uh, as The Atlantic noted back in November when Bezos announced the first round of environmental groups to receive funding, All of the recipient groups are 501c3 nonprofits, which means they are legally prohibited from intervening in political campaigns or even appearing partisan. Thinking of climate change in purely environmental terms is no longer a viable strategy. Carbon-based fuels are woven too deeply into the economy to simply be treated as a pollution problem. Climate change is an economic problem, and its solution must be managed through economic policy. So, meanwhile, Amazon's labor practices continue to be
1: terrible. Uh, New York City just had its biggest blizzard in five years. And apparently Amazon forced their drivers to risk their lives continuing to deliver packages or else they'd lose points on their performance rating. You're not going to let a little blizzard get in the way, All right? A little flurry. You're not going to get a gold star on the chart. Wham! Uh, over in Chicago, Amazon is shutting down a distribution center that has been central to a unionization push by workers. And the only option for continued employment for those workers is megacycle shifts at a new Chicago warehouse. 10 and a half hour graveyard shifts from 1.20 a.m. to 11.50 a.m. Uh, but hey, I-, I can hear you typing, well, at least Jeff Bezos is giving his money away. How many billions have you given away? The point is that it's, it's nice that he's giving money away, but uh, also he should have never had that much money to begin with.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, these are all nice steps to undoing the negative effect that he has yes. had on the world.
1: Look, it's good that he's going to be uh, giving his money to charitable organizations. And I hope that he follows through with that and continues to expand on that.
0: He could also just could always give a lot more.
1: In the meantime, I've, it's ruined my like pitch to... I'm streaming on Twitch. Hey, use your Twitch Prime. Bezos or, else, books. or else Jeff Bezos is going to get that money. Now, yeah. uh, what's his... I don't even remember his Andy name. Andy Jassy. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Jassy's going to get it. My Jassy doll. And ja- Andy Jassy sounds like he's going to do something a lot more fun with it. Like buy juggling
0: balls. Yeah. <laughs> We're a fun company. Yeah. Uh, speaking of CEOs who are no longer CEOs, uh, here's a little Parlor update. Mm. Uh, Parlor's CEO and co founder, John Matze, has been fired by his own company's board of directors. Mm. Mm. Uh, Parlor is still basically non existent, and uh, its webpage is still mostly just updates from now former CEO John Matze about how they're trying to bring it back online, including an inauguration Bernie meme saying, I wish that John guy would hurry up already. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, it looks like John will be doing no such thing because conservative megadonor and parlor board chair Rebecca Mercer has given him the boot. Sad. Yeah.
1: And anyways, another news uh, about the uh, Stop the Steel movement that tried to cast doubt on the 2020 election results. Uh, it's not doing so great. we talked about in our previous episode about uh, dominion voting systems they're either suing or threatening to sue a ton of major figures and organizations that claimed that they manipulated election results most who received cease and desist notices from dominion seem to have realized that they stood to lose a ton of money in defamation lawsuits uh, because they were defaming them yeah Uh, but some haven't Uh, thus the hilarious exchange between my pillow guy mike lindell and the anchors of conservative news network, Newsmax, who really wanted the pillow man to please shut the fuck up about Dominion. Can, you, can we talk about election
0: fraud without Can I have that piece of paper again that The says no-no the, word?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love how that anchor like literally got out of his yeah. chair. He's like, I'm... Uh, uh, I mean, he got out of the chair. It was just an empty chair. It's like, uh, if they sue us, I'll be like, hey, well, actually, I don't owe I, you all the money because I actually got up out of my chair. I left. I was only there 10% of the time. Uh, Uh, Anyway, now another election technology company, Smartmatic, is also suing a ton of people, including Fox News, along with Lou Dobbs, Maria Bartiromo, Janine Pirro, and plus uh, Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Fun. Just a real murderer's row. Yeah. And like the Dominion lawsuits against a lot of the same people, Smartmatic is seeking a lot of money, $2.7 billion. Uh, Smartmatic also, just FYI, only provided services for the 2020 election to one county, Los Angeles County, Mm -hmm. which... Really would not have needed any help whatsoever in uh, flipping blue because it's been solidly blue forever. And also has nothing to do with any of the areas where Stop the Steal enders claim voter fraud happened. So uh, if Smartmatic does succeed in their lawsuits, that's an incredibly dumb and pointless way for Fox and the rest of them to lose just a shitload of money. Yeah. But hey, uh, let's turn around now and criticize some liberals,
1: uh, particularly New York Governor Andrew Cuomo who, for whatever reason, is seen by a lot of people as a hero during the whole COVID-19 pandemic, despite New York being one of the worst hit states. He was uh, a bachelor man around town uh, in uh, mid last year. everyone was like, "Oh, he's so hot. That homosexual. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that state, it has the highest amount of COVID deaths, but still, they persisted. Uh, Andrew Cuomo, he couldn't even wait for the pandemic to be over before publishing a book literally called American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, as if it's fucking
0: behind my us. My work here is done. But you didn't do anything. In fact. Buy you, my book. In fact, you like impeded a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in New York City in particular, uh, it, they're, it's in bad shape right yeah. now with the uh, average weekly cases higher than they were back in April. But uh, last week, Andrew Cuomo went ahead and gave New York City restaurants the green light to go ahead and reopen for indoor dining, starting on Valentine's Day. It's a big night for uh, for dining dining out. Watch out for Cupid's arrow and the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, Cuomo previously banned indoor dining in New York City back in December when cases were quickly rising. Uh, but when Cuomo announced reopening last week, cases were 64% higher than when he announced the dining ban before. So things only got worse. And it was like, all right, mission accomplished. But Joe Biden's president, so it's fine. That's right. Don't you understand?
1: That's how it works. We have a female vice president. Yes. Did you know that? We have a girl boss in charge, so I think we should open up the restaurants. Also, uh, you know. Why do you want Trump to win? If you want, maybe we'll do outdoors, but you could just build the indoors outdoors and that's fine.
0: Well, they can't even do that anymore in New York because it's fucking freezing.
1: Yeah. Well, in LA, there's uh, plenty of places that are indoors, but outside. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, that seems a bit illogical, but you know what else is illogical? Cuomo responding to calls for restaurant workers to have a higher vaccine priority by calling it a cheap, insincere discussion. What? (laughs) Meanwhile, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio disagrees and thinks if restaurant workers are going to be in enclosed spaces with people eating and drinking, obviously with no masks on, unless they're those horror machines, (laughs) they should probably receive priority for vaccination. But guess what? It's not up to him.
0: It's anyways, up to Andrew Cuomo, who yeah. has le- lessons in leadership. His brother got the virus. Not my fault. Uh, anyways, look,
1: just get takeout. It's almost as good. Yeah. And that way you're not even worried about getting the virus. So, whatever. You're supporting the restaurant and yeah. you're getting the hell out. Yeah. I know it's been a long time. People are breaking, but like,
0: Look, we're, we're so close. The only reason to eat at a restaurant is if you are the type of person who gets off on uh, telling someone else what to do and uh, being served. It's the <laughs> only reason. Yeah, well,
1: there's a lot of those people in it. We, we live in America.
0: Yeah. So yeah. having power over someone else is the American dream. The, the nation of Karens. Uncle Sam can retire from his mascot position. Did you see uh, LeBron James uh, get that lady getting kicked off the court the other day? Yeah. She, Karen. Yeah, and then she went on Snapchat or whatever, and was like, she's like, "My husband is three times my age, and he didn't. He, you were disrespecting him, LeBron."
1: <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, get takeout. You're not really supporting restaurants by potentially exposing their workers to a disease that has New York City hospital ICUs nearly at capacity. Um, they should probably pay those workers to stay home. Yeah, uh, it's apparently not easy here. Or at least put
0: them at the top. Like, if you want to open, yeah. Get oh, them vaccinated. You want to open restaurants? Vaccinate restaurant workers. You want to open schools? Vaccinate teachers. Like, there's got to be a better way to Just keep to the old people locked shit. away somewhere. They've already lived their lives. I mean, that was the plan at first. Especially everyone that's in England. Old, it didn't go so well.
1: Everyone that's old enough now, they got to live through the 80s when they were in their prime. I don't want to hear it. They had the time of their lives. They did. Every drug. All the sex. Money flowing out of their ears. Yeah. Yeah. It's our time and in the Zoomers' time. Damn it! Get out of the way. Just to be
0: clear, we're not advocating no, for a mass no. that uh, was all genocide satire. event for people over certain ages. That was satire. I just want the vaccine,
1: along yeah. with uh, people who are working in grocery stores, restaurants, yeah. uh, medical
0: workers, and uh, yeah. I would like to be vaccinated, please. One vaccine, please. Well, two. The booster. But, yeah, meanwhile, things over here in L.A. are not particularly great either. We do at least have a massive drive-through vaccination site set up at Dodger Stadium. And our vaccination rate has been higher than a lot of other large cities, though it's still way too low. Like, Mm -hmm. I think L.A. County has vaccinated 8% of the population. And that's just, like, that includes people who've just had one shot. So that's, like, a month in. At that rate, it's going to take a fucking year.
1: Luckily, things are a bit better than when they started. Because when they started, I was like, we are never getting out of this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, what do we do with the vaccines? But yeah, a lot of other, most other major cities, it's like 5%, 6%. Come on. Um, But also LA has a whole lot of crazy fucking weirdos, which you know. But uh, this past Saturday, a group of around 50 unmasked anti-vaxxers showed up to harass workers and people who were standing in line and successfully managed to shut the whole operation down for an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people were already waiting in line for like the entire day. Just, uh, just had to go and make things even harder. Uh, yeah. One of these dipshits even live streamed the whole thing. And it's just very surreal seeing a bunch of otherwise normal looking people roaming around a place we've spent a lot of time at over the years, being completely detached from reality. It was especially weird for me because the Dodger Stadium is, is adjacent to a park called Elysian Park. Um, and like, I literally, like later that day, was hiking around Elysian Park. And when I got home, I saw these posts and I'm watching this video. I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, I was literally <laughs> just walking through that exa- that same exact area. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got just on top of everything else, just a whole bunch of crazy people who are walking among us. That's the, the, the craziest part about the people that were protesting the vaccination site is just like, guess what? You don't have to be yeah here. No one's forcing you to get vaccinated. Yeah. You can be going and doing anything else.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, they're like, oh, please stop your car. You're going to get, the, they're, they're going to make it so you can't have babies. Yeah. So, uh, everyone here is 65 years old. We're not having any more babies.
0: Yeah. It's just, God, the whole thing, it, I can't imagine being. Not that it's
1: true that it does that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, in like, their mind. You're
0: sitting in your car and they're just coming up on your windows. And like, hey, don't get vaccinated. I think one of them had a fucking megaphone. Just fuck off. Go away. Yeah. God damn it.
1: But in some positive news, there is yet another vaccine that's almost ready to be distributed. Uh, this one is from Johnson & Johnson, and while its effectiveness is a lot lower than the others at just 66% overall and 85% for serious cases, it's just a single dose instead of two. It only requires standard refrigeration, which is great, and uh, trials for it led to zero hospitalizations or deaths, uh, which means good news, because if, if you get it, then it's it, it, you're, it's not going to be so detrimental to your health. Yeah. So uh, it could be distributed as early as later this month. And if so, that could alleviate a lot of the supply issues that we're currently facing and get a lot more people vaccinated quicker, which is good. The fact that it doesn't need to be in a deep freeze and it doesn't go bad if you take it out of that and expose it to the air that quickly is very,
0: very good. A lot less
1: waste. Yes. The existing vaccines, they're just throwing that shit away. At least I don't know about here because here it's like, I've seen the pictures of people. They just bring out their lawn chairs every yeah,
0: day yeah. and set up in front of clinics. I mean, that's fine. Good. Yeah, use, good. Use the doses. Yes, please. Um, yeah. This Johnson Johnson one, like they should be giving this one to younger people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like it's less effective, but it's like still it's not nothing.
1: Yeah. If, your, young, bo- if your body can handle it, I think yeah, it's great.
0: Younger people have way better, way higher survival rates, chances with COVID. So it's like they don't need the foolproof vaccine. And given- the
1: best part, if you get it in your eyes, no tears.
0: Yeah, no more tears.
1: Oh. How do they do that? <laughs> I don't know. They made a vaccine and they made shampoo that shampoo. doesn't burn your eyes. Just rub
0: it in your eyes. Nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, it cleans them, actually. How did they do that? <laughs> I don't even know. I put my contact lenses in the no more tears shampoo. <laughs> cleans your eyes.
1: Uh, anyways, we've got plenty more news for you. But first, uh, it's time to calm down. Both of our sponsors to help out because yeah. uh, this episode is sponsored by Calm. We're coming up on a year of COVID-19 disrupting all of our lives, and uh, we could definitely benefit from less stress and more sleep in our lives. Now, it's very important to take care of yourself and invest in your well-being during times of anxiety. When you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. It's like recharging your battery, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, which Donald Trump thinks he has one, which is fun. Uh, That's why we're excited to partner with
0: Calm, the app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep like soundscapes, guided meditations and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry, Kelly Rollins and Laura Dern. Mm. Over 85 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And if you go to Calm.com slash tech, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience
1: a transformation in the way you sleep. Uh, For our viewers, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at Calm.com slash tech. That is 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and New content is added every week. Get started at calm.com slash tech. That is C-A-L-M dot
0: com slash tech. And this episode is sponsored by Feels. Do you experience stress or have anxiety or chronic pain or trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're not alone. Many of us do, especially these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our job involves spending just most of the day just sitting in a chair, doom scrolling the worst things the internet has to offer. And Mm -hmm. uh, that comes with a side order of back pain and stress and difficulty getting to bed at a decent hour. Thankfully, though, we discovered Feels. Feels is a premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important, and everyone's dose is different.
1: So leave room for a little experimentation over the course of a week or so. Uh, You may need to take more or less to get the effects that you're after. Uh, and if you're new to CBD, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no high, hangover, or addiction. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door
0: every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has us feeling our best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash newsday. That's F-E-A-L-S. You'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Newsday to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Fields dot com slash Newsday. Put a little under the tongue and then uh, have my uh, peppermint tea ready to go right before bed. Wash it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's
1: good. Uh, well, let's, let's get back into the news. Uh, hey, remember Stadia? Stadia? Stadia. We still don't know. And I guess it doesn't matter. You own Stadia. Oh, wait, no, you gave it away. Yeah, but it, I just, it was for the show to try it out. And it did have a bit of a resurgence because uh, uh, no one could play Cyberpunk so everyone was like, oh yeah <sighs> blow the dust off, man. Yeah. I'm going to play Cyberpunk on Google's PCs. Yeah. Uh, when Google first announced their cloud video gaming product, uh, one of our biggest concerns with it was that look, Google has a long history of starting projects and then just totally abandoning them. Uh, there's entire websites like uh, Killed by Google and the Google Cemetery that track all of the products Google has killed off. So making Stadia your primary gaming portal and buying all your games through Stadia has <laughs> the potential risk of leaving you with nothing if Google decides to give up on cloud gaming. And there's already signs that they might be doing just that. Remember all the crazy integrations this was supposed to have with like YouTube and, yeah.
0: and all that? Yeah, no, it had some really exciting things about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, cloud gaming, you can do stuff that you couldn't do otherwise. Fizz really sold this on us, and uh, we'll look at it now. Why would Fizz lie? Why would he do that? Uh, part of Stadia's initial plan involved developing in-house exclusive AAA games that would take advantage of the cloud and do things that are only possible in cloud gaming, mm-hmm. which sounded cool, but Google announced this week that they are shutting down their game studios in Montreal and Los Angeles to focus solely on bringing third-party games to the platform. I mean, that's smart. <laughs> Um, so there, there's still no indication that Google's winding things down with Stadia overall anytime soon. So you shouldn't worry that much, but they have already abandoned one of their key pitches just 15 months after their initial launch, which is not a good sign. But like I said, I, Cyberpunk's a good example of getting use
1: out of the product. If it's, if it's a game that, I mean, you only get those like once a year, these huge AAA games that are just monsters that are graphics card testers. Is basically. Google
0: the one hoarding all the graphics cards? I
1: think they might be. That's all a plan, uh, but that's the thing: is people are playing Cyberpunk on it. Be like, yeah, it plays great because it's playing off of a PC in whatever Google server room is. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe, I just don't think that's a sustainable business model because ninety percent of the year you're not doing that.
0: Yeah. Anyways, know.
1: on to Facebook news. Uh, they announced last week that they would no longer recommend civic and political groups to users largely in response to stuff like the January 6th Capitol riot and the disinformation surrounding the 2020 election. Where did all that come from? (laughs) Who knows? Facebook? But it turns out Facebook has known about how toxic most of their political groups are for a lot longer than that. And they only decided to stop recommending them when the PR got real bad.
0: What? What? Facebook would do that?
1: I'm shocked. Zuckerberg should step down just like Bezos did.
0: Yeah. But for different reasons. Focus full time on surfing. Yes. Yes. My new goal is to uh, qualify for the U.S. Open Surfing. I'm going to surf around the world. We don't recommend it, but go ahead. Just me, my surfboard, and a bow and arrow for shooting and slaughtering sharks. And my sweet baby rays, of course. Shark meat tastes doubly good when you've hunted it yourself. And And dabbled
1: it in. Sweet baby rays.
0: So according to the Wall Street Journal, researchers at Facebook warned executives back in August that, quote, "...70% of the top 100 most active U.S. civic groups are considered non-recommendable for issues such as hate, misinfo, bullying, and harassment. We need to do something to stop these conversations from happening and growing as quickly as they do. Our existing integrity systems aren't addressing these issues." From
1: that article... The August 2020 internal presentation showed U.S. groups tied to mercenary and hyperpartisan entities using Facebook's tools to build large audiences. Many of the most successful groups were under the control of administrators that tolerated or actively cultivated hate speech, harassment, and graphic calls for violence, it said, noting that one top group, quote, aggregates the most inflammatory news stories of the day and feeds them to a vile crowd that immediately and repeatedly calls for violence. Administrators had designated most of the groups as private so only members could read them. Some were secret. People outside Facebook wouldn't know they existed, much less that they were garnering millions of views a week.
0: Yeah, that's one of the creepier things about the Facebook group stuff is like a lot of them are completely hidden. Like they don't even show up in search results. It's so, a secret society. Yeah, I, I, I'm not cool with that. It's... Uh... Seems like people could get up to some very bad stuff. It's what happens when you close all the VFWs,
1: Moose Lodges, and uh, all the other ones. People go to Facebook for their secret societies. And Come on,
0: Gavin Newsom. Reopen the Elks Lodge. Yeah. Reopen the Shriners Lodge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I haven't driven my tiny car in so long. I haven't gotten a 25-cent cup of beer at the Masons Lodge in months. Damn it. How are we supposed to secretly rule the world if we can't even go down to the local Freemason spot? In your little tiny car from the villages. Yeah. Uh, Here's more from that article. They are deliberately creating this toxic atmosphere, Facebook's researchers wrote of the administrators of the Hayley McEnany fan club. (laughs) She's a smoke show. Named after but not associated with the Trump administration press secretary. The researchers said the group largely functioned as a distribution system for low-quality, highly divisive, likely misinformative news content from a handful of partisan publishers. The comments in the group included death threats against Black Lives Matter activists and members of Congress, researchers said, and Facebook had flagged it 174 times for misinformation within three months. In the comments under one post about U.S. Representative Ilhan Omar, that the presentation included. Comments included, I hope someone shoots her, but she lives and is paralyzed. Maybe a bullet would do her good and bring back public hangings. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, luckily they didn't get a 175 warnings because as we know, the Facebook rule is 175 strikes and you're out. Oh uh, yeah, that's the rule. <laughs> Just barely missed it. You yeah. know, maybe next time. Anyways, of course, uh, Facebook's higher ups apparently didn't like the idea of taking any action against prominent conservatives and worried about the effect that doing so would have on growth uh, but then things reached a point last month where the situation finally got bad enough for PR that they had to do something so they stopped recommending political groups to users as uh, with just about everything Facebook does it's all about the money and they don't take action on anything unless their bottom line is threatened
0: yeah
1: who is still on Facebook I don't know uh, my parents Every <laughs> yeah old people and everyone that was involved in the insurrection yeah either cheering it on or they're in person
0: yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I I'll go on there like once a month to just like look around, and it's only relatives. Mm-hmm. Like no one my age, except for the ones who like, the ones who got like married like right after college and have like eight kids. Like they're still on there posting, living vicariously through uh, others' posts. I guess, but yeah, yeah no one I know who's cool in any way is on Facebook. But they're all on. Everyone's on fucking Instagram, which yeah, Facebook also owns. owns. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so there you same go. Same shit. Uh, meanwhile, Apple's Tim Apple, I mean sorry <laughs> Tim Cook, has been at odds with Facebook for the last few months after Apple announced plans for iOS that would make it mandatory for apps to very visibly give users the option to opt out of device ID tracking, uh, which Facebook relies on a lot for its ad business. Uh, Facebook is reportedly even considering jumping on the bandwagon and suing Apple for anti-competitive practices with its App Store in response to all this. Um, We'll see, I guess. Uh, But last week at a digital privacy conference, Tim Cook had this to say about Facebook. He didn't use any names, but he didn't really have
1: to. Yeah. uh, If a business is built on misleading users, on data exploitation, on choices that are no choices at all, then it does not deserve our praise. It deserves reform. We should not look away from the bigger picture. At a moment of rampant disinformation and conspiracy theories juiced by algorithms, we can no longer turn a blind eye to a theory of technology that says all engagement is good engagement. The longer, the better and all with the goal of collecting as much data as possible. Too many are still asking the question, how much can we get away with? When they need to be asking, what are the consequences? What are the consequences of prioritizing conspiracy theories and violent incitement simply because of their high rates of engagement? What are the consequences of not just tolerating, but rewarding content that undermines public trust in life-saving vaccinations? What are the consequences of seeing thousands of users join extremist groups? and then perpetuating an algorithm that recommends them even more. It is long past the time to stop pretending that this approach doesn't come with a cost of polarization, of lost trust, and yes, of violence. A social dilemma cannot be allowed to become a social catastrophe.
0: And yeah, say what you will about Apple, but their stance on data privacy and whatnot is good. It's part of the reason I switched. I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, they they have a very consistent track record for that. Yeah. Um, And ahead of that iOS privacy update that's got Facebook all steaming mad, Apple released a document that does a really good job explaining just how much user data is collected during a typical day in a normal person's life. Uh, They use a fictional example of a father and daughter who just take a trip to the park and then get some ice cream afterwards and just all the data they they share just in the process of doing that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's an excerpt. John and his seven-year-old daughter, Emma, are spending the day together. In the morning, John uses his computer to look up the weather, read the news, and check a map app on his smartphone for traffic conditions for a trip to the playground next to his daughter's school. During the ride, there are four apps on his phone collecting and tracking their location data periodically in the background. After the data has been extracted from the device, app developers sell it to a host of obscure third-party data brokers that John has never heard of. Although the location data collected is claimed to be anonymous, user tracking allows data brokers to match John's location history from these apps with information collected from his use of other apps. That means information tracked across different apps and from multiple sources, is available for any company or organization to purchase and could be used to create a comprehensive profile about him that includes his precise day-to-day movements. The document goes on to point out
1: how other stuff, like uh, Emma playing a mobile game in the car, uh, John and Emma taking a selfie at the park, and John purchasing ice cream afterwards, they all provide a ton of information to third parties that they're completely unaware of. The story ends with the following summary. At the end of the day, a number of companies John has never interacted with all around the world have updated their profiles with information about him and his daughter. These companies know the family's house location, the park they visited, the news websites they read, the products they browsed, the ads they watched, their purchasing habits, and the stores they visited. This data was collected and tracked across multiple apps John and his daughter used throughout the day, as well as from other sources. John had no idea how much data was being collected throughout the day, didn't always have control over it, and didn't knowingly give permission for it to occur. As they search for a kids movie on an app in their smart TV to kick back for the evening, the cycle of tracking, data sharing and targeting relentlessly continues.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's it's a scary thing cuz yeah, like w- one app one app can't do a whole lot of damage, but all of them combined. Yeah, all of them combined like they know a terrifying amount about you. Mm-hmm. More than you know about yourself.
1: They know what you want to buy. I mean we we talked about it years ago about the uh the uh, girl whose family found out she was pregnant before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been other ones where, like, um, people have been, like, outed by uh, ads for, like, gay websites showing up, mm-hmm. even though they, like, haven't searched any. Like, it just figures out, like, this person meets the profile of, like, <laughs> yeah, let's an average gay <laughs> yeah. person. Yeah. It's it's real creepy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, in other Apple news, uh, they're apparently working on a VR headset. Uh, which, in true Apple form, uh, could be ludicrously expensive at $3,000. But that $3,000 will get you a lot, if these rumors are to be believed. Uh, A report from The Information says that this Apple VR headset will also be an AR headset, thanks to there being over a dozen cameras and LiDAR sensors built in for tracking the user's hands and mapping the user's surroundings in 3D. And it'll also supposedly feature dual 8K displays with eye-tracking technology that will offer much higher resolutions than any VR headsets currently on the market. Jesus. So this sounds impressive, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Are we already coming up on like the next wave of VR after like... Maybe. Because it was like 2014, 2015. It's like, oh man, VR is the future. And then...
1: Well, it's it's another thing where it's like the pandemic might have accelerated this because if, if people were... If it was more widely adopted, you could sit in a room with your relatives or friends in a VR headset. Yeah. It's just kind of like still kind of crude. Yeah. Uh, the apps and stuff for it now and also like you're, facebook you're,
0: controls a huge yeah. section of the market it's but like,
1: like nah. even on like steam if you have a vr headset it's like yeah you're sitting there having a nice conversation with your with your family in their little avatars and a fucking like uh, a furry and a waifu walks in yeah. and just starts saying like nani nani and lifting up their skirt
0: yeah you don't want that
1: no but apple's gonna start having to sell yep, apple, yep, yep. <laughs> apple neck braces because it sounds like this is going to be heavy hardware uh, of course, know. though, uh, Apple, they've always ha- have a ton of stuff in development that may never see the light of day, but this VR headset is supposedly years in the making and part of Apple's long-term goals, and the first edition could be revealed sometime this or next year. Or
0: never. So I guess we'll see. I mean, yeah. they
1: usually, what, debut stuff in September and October? So
0: Yeah. I mean, this year they, they had, like, three events. It was weird. Yeah, why or not? last year. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Similarly, though, there's been talk of an Apple car for a long time, several years, with nothing to show for it. But recent reports indicate uh, that Apple is on the cusp of signing a deal with Hyundai-Kia to manufacture the Apple car, or
0: whatever they'll be calling it. The iCar. Sure. iDrive. I I don't know. That's not my job. They'll come up with it. But basically, Hyundai-Kia would handle all the car stuff. And Apple would handle all the tech stuff, including the autonomous driving. Um, but also, there won't be any Hyundai or Kia branding on it. Just Apple, mm-hmm. which, yeah. You think Apple's going to share branding space with some Korean car company? Kia already rips off the Lexus logo. <laughs> Have you seen their new one? It looks just mm-hmm. like it. No, I haven't.
1: Yeah. It, uh, it looks identical to the uh, Lexus logo. Well,
0: an Apple logo on a car. It just looks like, it's
1: like the Kmart version of it. Not saying that Kias are great cars. I'm just saying, why take the branding? Yeah. You're your own thing. Do your own thing. Uh,
0: Also, though, if and when this car is ever released and the estimates put it at like 2024 at the earliest, it will not be a consumer car, at least at first uh, from CNBC. The first Apple cars will not be designed to have a driver, said one source with knowledge of the current plan. These will be autonomous electric vehicles designed to operate without a driver and focused on the last mile. Mm. That could mean Apple cars, at least initially, could focus on packaged food delivery operations and firms incorporating robo-taxis. Uh, but I, again, but, okay.
1: America hasn't even gotten to the last mile problem yet.
0: Yeah, this is all stuff they've been <laughs> talking about for years now. Yeah. It's like Elon Musk in like 2015 was like, oh, te- Tesla robo-taxis next year. Stay tuned. But it's like, okay, cool. I got to get to across town first before I can do the last mile. Yeah,
1: I, we need all the miles. Yes. Now, moving on to Boston Dynamics news. The last time we talked about them was in response to a video they posted over the holidays that featured their full line of robots doing a horrifying choreographed dance performance. And they're back again this week with more videos. Now, these latest videos, though, uh, are much more about the practical side of things, specifically the Spot robot, their only robot that's actually available for purchase. Now, the biggest news for Spot is that the Spot arm is now available, which allows Spot to open doors, pick things up, and operate valves and levers.
0: Yeah, it also looks like kind of a
1: neck mm-hmm. and a mouth. what that mouth do? what that mouth do, Spot? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so the practical uses for Spot seem to be mostly job sites that are inherently dangerous in some way, construction sites, mines, factories. And uh, Spot's job at those places is still mostly about just making the rounds and doing. 3D mapping and, like, monitoring the air quality and stuff. Uh, Spot is not autonomous. You can give it a path to patrol, and it's smart enough to avoid obstacles and pick itself up if it falls down or someone kicks it over. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, in one of Boston Dynamics' new videos, they show an example of a situation where Spot with an arm could be useful, which would be, like, after hours at a factory when an alarm goes off, a company is able to remotely operate Spot and have it see what's going on and, like, close any valves or shut off any switches if need be, all while they don't have to send someone down there in the middle of the night to check on it in person. Mm. So... Spot took the job. Yeah. It took the job of the <laughs> night the nightman. Yeah. You hate to see it.
1: Uh, the videos do include uh, some dumb stuff, of course, like two Spot robots swinging a jump rope while a third Spot robot jumps. But it's pretty clear watching the 24-minute video of Spot's new features that we're still pretty far off from a Rise of the machine scenario, which is comforting, but it chips away at it every day. And mm-hmm. Sin will be like, how did it get here so fast? Yeah, We're all dying. Uh, Spot, we didn't listen. <laughs> Spot is uh, basically just a really advanced cross between a Roomba and a drone. And aside from uh, very specific use cases, it doesn't seem all that practical for most purposes. And so far, it, at least, it doesn't look like anyone will be losing their job to a dog robot, at least for now. But yeah. Spot could. Spot could go pick up the dead duck when you shoot it out of the sky and bring it back to you.
0: Yeah. So dogs might be out of a job. No more dog jobs. Yeah. Sorry, dogs. Which is upsetting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because they, I mean, everything we see these robots over the last several years is like, holy shit, that's incredible. But it's, really, it's like one take out of 50 where something didn't go wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like a lot of this footage, I'm like, oh, these things are kind of stupid and slow. Well, it's like, but <laughs> but think, like, you know, how police have
1: canines, and the suspect starts running, they send the canine. Imagine, like, even if it can't, like, destroy you, imagine getting chased after by a spot, and it's little things flat. Like, gah, well, gah, maybe, gah, gah, gah. maybe don't
0: break the law then, huh?
1: <laughs> and it just snatches you up by your underpants and carries you yeah. back, like, all embarrassing.
0: Yeah. Or it starts humping you.
1: <laughs> no, fine! Get off! I give
0: up! It squirted oil all over me! <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week's... Tech News Day episode. Uh, we'll be back soon with some news dump, entertainment news. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't yet watched our most recent videos, they're right over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.